So I want to just take a few moments and meditate before we minister here a little bit um, uh, on one passage, really, but this is a main theme for us. Uh, there's just been a reboot for this in our lives, and this relates to every one of you. What I'm about to talk about is the main vision for, of the Holy Spirit for all of your lives. It is the primary, what I'm going to talk about, is exactly what Yahweh made you for. Um, there are varying visions and giftings and assignments on planet earth and per your generation and race, but this thing I'm talking about right now is what every human heart was made for. So because of that, it's fairly important. And um, I'm going to ask the Holy, Holy Spirit, pray you help me communicate this, not with human passion, that's no good. We pray for the weight and the power of your presence to train our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about the first and great commandment. I waited every year I go quiet for the last couple weeks, um, don't have as many meetings, if any, and um, the Lord puts on my heart certain things, and I'm thinking about the year to come and what, what my assignments are. I've got a lot of things going on and options, and, and so I waited on the Lord, and I had a list of eight things that are assignments for me in the kingdom, but number one, clearly number one was that the first and great commandment is to be the first and great thing in my life, that my life vision and passion was to be around or living around, growing in the first and great commandment. And so what is that? What's well, in Matthew 22, 34, I'll have it up here. It says, but when the Pharisees, this is right at the end of Jesus' ministry, actually one of his, his last public things he did, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees in a former engagement, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? Now, when he asked this, you understand the Torah and the law has 613 commands in it. This is a big question. It's a big question to a rabbi. This is what Jesus is. He's a teacher. He's a rabbi, the ultimate rabbi. And so he's saying, which is the greatest commandment? He said to them, to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. You see it there? He, he not only tells us which one it is, he's going to label it. This one, Deuteronomy, five, Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 6, he plucks out of the whole Torah, 613 commands, this is the one. The ultimate teacher, ultimate rabbi says that, and he says it's the great one, and it's the preeminent, it would be another word there, the first one. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus 18, 19. He picks that one up out of there. The second is that you would love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, out of 613, all other 611 hang. On these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. That's a big statement. This is one of those big moments. It's not like when you say that, it's kind of weird. Like I'm saying chapter 21 is not as big a deal. Or chapter, this is chapter 22 of Matthew, you know? Or I'm not saying it's bigger than another. I'm not saying that. But I am saying there are moments when Jesus says big things that bring radical focus, like this is the first one and the great one. When you see that kind of deal, you should pull yourself in and go, what is he talking about? What is it that he just said right there? I can't just read that over quick. So we love and we are committed to the great commandment. The great commission, you'll remember, is later, six chapters later. Matthew 28, 18 is where we get disciple nations, which is the umbrella for our larger regional and global family. 
And Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. What a, I mean, Jesus stunning. All authority in heaven and earth is mine. That's, that's a big statement from a, a guy who was dead, who's now in a body sitting in the heavenly realms. Uh, all authority in heaven and earth. So go now. This is what I want you to do with me having this authority. Go and make disciples of all nations or of all Gentiles is what this is, okay? All the people groups on the planet. I want you to make disciples, uh, baptizing them in, into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So, disciple nations, and you're part of our larger, we feel like we've got this larger, there's a few thousand in the region, in our larger family that are spread out. We're so decentralized. But we just came up with this statement in a board meeting this last week as we met. And I brought it up just as a, as a mention. We've, we've, we've normally said that we exist to ignite movements of prayer and disciple-making unto the spread of the supremacy of Christ in all the earth. That's still really good. But here's what we're saying now. Disciple nations exist to equip the church to obey the greatest commandment and to fulfill the great commission unto the savoring, serving, and spreading of the supremacy of Christ in all nations. And that may seem like a mouthful to you, but that's a power pack statement right there. And what we're saying is we're, get, we're beefing it up, what God's called us. We love prayer. Prayer's inside this, but it's also worship and singing and all that. We thought it's too limiting. We want to beef this thing up with our Bible. That's what the guy said. We want to beef it up, get strong. We want to move forward. And so Carl was in the room with me and Stuart and other guys. We at Brock, we were, we were in there and it was just like, I remember just saying the statement. I hoped we'd talk about it, but they grabbed it and said, no, 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 wait, 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 let's get on this. Disciple nations exist to equip the church to obey, observe, walk in the greatest commandment. That's what our first mission is. We want to see every disciple, every believer on planet earth excelling in the first and great commandment. And we're going to break that down, what that is. Then we want to see them fulfilling then the Great Commission. Lovers of God, just radical lovers of God, going out as warriors of God with the gospel so that the whole earth would savor and serve and spread the supremacy of Christ everywhere, which basically ends up in the second coming. We exist so that Jesus will come back. So we have a new resolve to not only the Great Commission, but first to the Great Commandment. At the end of the ministry of Jesus, the question was asked, which is the greatest commandment? Now, 613 commandments, as we mentioned in the Torah, he mentions Deuteronomy 6, 5, and 6. Mark, under the inspiration of the Spirit, is going to say the same thing in Mark 12. Look at it with me here. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he had answered the Sadducees, this is what he's talking about, well, he asked, which is the commandment that's the most important? Jesus said the most important is this, and Mark adds a little bit, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, one Yahweh, one God, and you shall, and he's going to add, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and Mark will add, with your strength. The second, it's like it, you shall love your neighbors yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Remember that? Then we get a little more dialogue. This is interesting that we didn't get out of Matthew. And the scribe said to him, you're right, teacher. I mean, who says that to Jesus? <laughs> nice job, Jesus. Good answer, you know. <laughs> you're right, teacher. You've truly said he's one. The Lord God is one. There's not multiple gods. And there's no one besides him. 
And to love him with all the heart and the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's, one's neighbor as yourself, even your enemies, by the way, is much more than the whole of burnt offerings and sacrifices. And watch, verse 34, when Jesus saw that this lawyer, scribe, answered this wisely, he said to them, you know what? You're not very far from the kingdom of God. You're, you're so near my dynamic rule right now of what's in heaven because you have insight and you knew and agreed with me that out of the 613, these, this is the most important. Now, he wasn't in the kingdom because you must be born again. He had to be born again and transformed on the inside. But he had the DNA of the kingdom. He had it so powerfully, Jesus is going to say, he says this to no one else, by the way, you're so near the kingdom, it's unbelievable. You, if you have the revelation, listen, this is what I'm trying to say to you, born again believers. You want to be nearest the kingdom in agreement with what the kingdom's about, you get your life in alignment with these two commandments. This is everything right here. This should be everyone in this room's life vision verse. <laughs> Not because Sam said it, but because your king said it. Now, after that, I've got some other things that are my assignments and my calls, but this is number one. This commandment maturing and growing in my life. So, Jesus, the divine human, and the greatest, greatest rabbi of all times, distills all of the law of the prophets into two commands. I'm a simple guy. Somebody hands me a book, says, hey, read this book. And it's like this thick. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can never. <laughs> I need my books thin, sharp, and to the point. <laughs> Just short attention span, ADD. I've lost attention half the time while I'm up here right now. So I need it really quick, really short. This is one of those places, guys. This is the cliff notes of what the kingdom of God's about. What's it about? And it's been so, maybe you know it, that it might have lost its impact, but I'm marinating in it, so I hope it won't. He said on this, all of the law and the prophets depend. Everything in the Old Testament is fulfilled here. So Jesus reveals the most important issue of the kingdom of God. Paul will call it the most excellent way in 1 Corinthians. I don't want to spend time on this, but 1 Corinthians 12, 31, prophecy, tongues, all that. He'll get the end of that discussion. And he'll say, earnestly desire the big gifts. Go for them. But let me show you the most excellent way. That's what Paul's going to call it. And we know through 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. So now faith, hope, and love abide. But the greatest of these is love. Love of God and love of your neighbor, that's the whole deal. Everything, everything else, by the way, success in mission, success in business, success with family, it's all <laughs> underneath this thing. If you miss this, read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 4. You have faith that moves mountains. You prophesy, and it's an amazing prophetic ministry. You do all these amazing things, but lack love, you've got nothing. Nothing is what Paul's going to say. Nothing. If you're not learning how to love your enemies out from a love of passion of God, I'm, he's like, I'm not sure where your face at. All right? This is the primary goal of what the scriptures talk about. So, the Ten Commandments, I believe, are fulfilled in the first and great commandment. Think about it. The first, have no other gods, don't have any other gods, don't make any graven images, don't take the Lord's name in vain, and obey the Sabbath. Those are all love the Lord with all your heart. Then it's don't steal, don't, don't, don't murder each other, don't lie to each other, don't commit adultery. That's all love your neighbor. The two, I'm telling you, all 611 other commands are fulfilled within these two. This should be the primary focus of our discipleship with any person that's around us, is are you growing in love with all these four spheres of your being, and are you learning to love those around you? 
So this is the primary focus and vision of what a life should be as we grow in love. So let's break down the four spheres because you, get, you need to take your time on something that's this precious and this important, right? So let's go really, let's go really slow. So the four spheres of the great commandment are that you and I would love God with all. Now, what, please focus on this, okay? He wants you to love the word all. I circle the word all. Every time in Matthew, Mark, I've circled it in multiple colors of pens. It's not loving somewhat when you got time on the side with all of your heart, all of your soul. What does it mean? Love God all of your mind and all of your strength. Those are the four areas. Number one, heart. What do we mean by heart? We mean the affections and emotions. Do you feel affection? And I mean feel. I mean it. I'm not apologizing for it. Do you feel affection and emotional movement about the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you don't, don't get in a bunch of condemnation, but know that you are not, the Lord wants to do a work in your heart. He wants you to be emotionally moved by the Lord Jesus. Now, what does that mean, Sam? Well, I think what it means is what, pick something you love. Is it Pop-Tarts? Is it, is it a singer? Is it your, your woman? I love the redhead. So take that. The way I feel about Amy <laughs> is that beginning to translate that kind of heightened emotion and respect and desire to be with her is that growing in my heart for the Lord Jesus? This is what your Christianity is about. It's not about you getting saved and getting out of hell to get to heaven. He's not looking for non-lovers to make heaven. All right? he, he's looking for a bride that loves him. And so all your heart, what does that mean? All my affection. My soul is my self-consciousness. It's a sense of self. I'm thinking about myself right now. I think about myself probably in the framework of, I'm the dad of a bunch of kids and a bunch of grandkids now. I'm the guy who preaches at a quit. You know what I mean? There's a sense of self-consciousness about me. Growing in Jesus or going in the great command is I'm learning to love him with all that is myself. All that is my self-consciousness. Everything I think about me begins to orbit around love for the Lord Jesus, my mind. Now think with me a minute about this. That you would love him with all your mind. What in the world does that look like? The mind is your thoughts and imaginations. I mean, your thoughts right now are moving all over. <laughs> I can see in the room. There's few. Our, our brains are just ever-moving, thinking things. What in the world does it look like to love God with all your mind? I mean, honestly, think about it. That your imaginations, we dream things. You're picturing things right now. You're having thoughts. You're probably having judgments about me and how we're doing and who wants you. I don't know what you're thinking, but you're thinking. You don't stop thinking, humans. And he wants your mind to be fully captured in love for him. How does my thought life begin to be a love tool toward the Lord Jesus? That's something else. And then strength is what Mark will add, is that my body my body becomes an instrument of passion and love toward the Lord Jesus. My very strength in action begins to be captured. Now, you might look at that and go, Sam, that's not, you can't do that and like live a real human life on the planet. Well, then Jesus messed up. I'm, I'm not going that route. You can. I'm not. I'm thinking what Jesus says is not just what we should do. Listen, it's what we're made to do. I think he's revealing design, 
not putting out demands. Some of you, I know, it's okay, don't feel bad. I'm not putting kind of, some of you have heard what I said and seen this, and you feel, oh my God, the demands just got bigger. I'm sorry. That's, that means that you're moving in the flesh under the law. Because this is not a demand, this is a design. This is how you become most human, right here. Walking out the first commandment is how you become most human. Everything else is a counterfeit lie. That you're a lover of this or that. You're made to be a lover of God. And so Jesus desires and is most glorified by love-driven worship, love-driven obedience, love-driven holiness. Why am I saying no to lying and pride and the late-night lust? You can try all day to try not to do. I'm telling you what the freedom is. When you love something more, you choose it. If you love Jesus more than the image, you begin to make different decisions. Is everybody with me? I really want to liberate you. It's okay. It's okay. He knows it. Nobody, God's not like, oh man, I just found out they love something more than me. (laughs) He's like, I know it. I just need you to begin to agree and go, you know what I do? I like people applauding me when I do a great sports thing more than I love you. He's like, yeah, I know that. I'm just really glad you know. Now let's talk about it. He's not mad at any of you. He's ready to get down in your heart and begin to work with this if you'll begin to agree with him. And so we begin to agree by going, Lord, I want love-based holiness. I don't want fear-based. I'm going to get smacked and spanked. I want to choose righteousness because I love you. And he wants that love-driven relationships, not just manipulating people. Listen, love-driven mission. And I want to do mission because I love him. And it's worked within my heart. So, again, read the sentence. He is most glorified, maximally, and we're most satisfied when we love the Lord with all of our being. So what I'm doing tonight is I'm trying to make you maximally happy. You think I'm being mean to you. (laughs) I'm telling you, this is how you become most human. When when you, the creature, love the creator, and you're growing in the love, it's building in your mind, your emotions, your soul, you become more human. You're subhuman when you're loving other things. I just would like you to stop being a zombie. I'm telling you, it's prophetic. All these zombie movies, I'm telling you. This weird hybrid of human and not human, that's, it's a prophetic thing. <laughs> and we even the church allowed zombie... Sorry, I'm on the metaphor. Everybody, oh, droning in, sit down, go through the service, get back to what I love. And I'll sit down, huh? and I go out and do the stuff I love. Eating stuff that's killing me. Consuming Identity crisis off the chart, not knowing I'm a lover of God. I'm eternally going to love him and never run out of energy doing it. I'm going to get a resurrection body that never maybe has to go back to bed. (laughs) Wouldn't that be something? I don't know. Maybe we don't sleep. Anyway, the sun's always shining. There's no more darkness. I think we eternally for billions and billions of years love the Lord Jesus. And he's saying, I'm inviting you in right now. Right now to begin Real eternal eternal life is not just some peace so you can feel better about the bad person you've been. Eternal life is the ability to be a lover of God. Eternal life is you becoming what God made you to be. 
So the power, listen, the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we want miracles on bodies, but you get miracle on your body all day long and not change your stinking heart. Uh, your lovely heart, sorry. The power of the Holy Spirit is available for this miracle in our lives and is awaiting prayer-filled dedication to the end. He's just looking for our agreement. Another way for me to say, he's always waiting on us, your amen. You stepping in and going, man, I think Jesus was onto something. And I think Sam might've been tapping into it. So Jesus, this is not near my life vision, but I'm asking you help me. When you do that, <laughs> you release more of his activity inside you. He's not shocked by your carnality. He already knows about it. He already knows about it. You're the one that's being surprised by it. <laughs> he knows that you've got a long way to go and he loves you. He wants to go the whole way. He wants to take you out of doldrums and boredom with, church, boredom with Jesus. He's like, I know you're bored with me. It's just because you don't know me. To know me is to love me. <laughs> you just don't know me and I love you. I love enemies. I die for enemies, people who are idolaters because I want them free. And so... How do you progress in this? Everybody okay so far? This is a big deal. How do you progress in this? Let me give you, be a Greek guy here and give you four things. Number one, how do you begin? How do you begin? If you decide, I'm going to do this, the first and great commandment is going to be the first and great thing in my heart and my life. I think number one, watch, you begin to believe. Don't work. Don't work. Begin to believe that the Holy Spirit is already doing this in you and surrender to his work. Listen, if you decide tonight, I'm going to make the first commandment my greatest vision in life, you're second to the, to the deal. The Holy Spirit already got there. <laughs> He's been wooing you on the inside, actually orchestrating circumstances around you to show you you might not be able to pull things off by yourself. He's sovereignly working around you to make you alive. I know that I know that I know, and I can prophesy this true tonight, what the Holy Spirit's doing in everybody's life. He's trying to set you loose to be a lover of God. I know it. I got my Bible. The Holy Spirit's main mission is to set your heart, mind, soul, and strength free to be a lover of God. So he's already been working on it. He's just waiting for you to catch up and go, ooh, I want in on that. I want, I want in on that. Because... Has anybody ever had a moment of sheer delight in the Lord? If you have, say amen in the room. Just a little. Oh, anybody want to stand up and complain about that right now? I did. I loved him like crazy. It just stunk. You feel most alive when you love him. And he's already doing it. He's working in you. That's why I'm saying don't start with work. Start with belief. Belief, it's grace. It's grace upon grace. He's already wooing and working. He's got this mission. He's more committed to this than you'll ever be. And he's just waiting for you to go, yeah, I'll run with you. Get me with you. Number two, abide in his love. John 15, 9, I don't have the verse, but listen, John 15, 9 says, as the Jesus says to the disciples, as the Father has loved me, anybody want to help me? So have I. That's a big statement. How much does the Father God Yahweh love the Son? What do you think? As the, as the Father has loved me eternally with no limit to his love, so I love you. So I'm going to tell you this. Abide in that love. I'm inviting, I'm inviting you into the bonfire. Come on in here. 
I just dare you to let me love you. I dare you to look into my eyes of fire and see what happens to you. Bring the sin in. Bring the addiction. Bring the boredom. Just bring it right in. We'll see how it stands in the fire of my love. (laughs) This word abide is to, to remain in, to dwell in, to move around. Abide in my love. As the Father loves us, so I love you. So you believe the Holy Spirit's already doing it. You abide in a love that's already burning down on you like the sun. Number three, I say you get your mind and emotions going. Begin to meditate on the beauty of Jesus. You have Bible passages, besides the Gospels, that tell you how glorious he is. Take Revelation 1, read it, and then close your eyes. <laughs> He's got eyes of fire, a sword out of his mouth. He's got, that's the one who loves me? Begin to meditate Get your brain. Take time to look at what's beautiful. They show you the Grand Canyon. You go, they had told me, but I'd never seen it. I, I think, I think, I don't know. Sorry if I do this, but I think some of my roommates said, even one that was engaged, it was inappropriate, had told me how hot Amy was. And I was dating another girl that was trying to disciple her. I didn't know until I saw her. And I went, oh, That's what you guys are talking about. New mission. (laughs) (laughs) To see her was to be moved in my heart. I got to have her. I got to have her. And that's why I'm telling you, somebody could have handed me a book with 25 pages about Amy, all the history, and my heart might not have moved. I might have gone, oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I think I'll catch the next chapter tomorrow. Come back, have a snack, read a little bit more about Amy. Anybody know where I'm going with this? But to never engage the living Amy, the flowing red hair, (laughs) and the white sweatpants that everyone knows I talk about, that I saw the first time I saw her, and I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Cynthia, I got to check out now. I feel called to disciple her too, so yeah. I saw her, and my heart was moved. Listen, ask the Lord, give me the eyes of my heart. Take Bible passages that show the beauty of Jesus, and look at it, and think about it, and meditate it, and let it soak in until your heart goes, huh, that's kind of cool. Fire in his eye, blah, 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 blah. Four, <laughs> lastly, pray for the first and great commandment to be first and great in you, watch like your life depend upon it. I'm asking for you to pray the prayer, not added to a list of a bunch of things you want to do, to pray it like your life depends on it. And watch everybody, watch what I'm going to do. Because it does. Your life depends upon this. You're either going to waste your life and have a bad moment. Oh, this is going to sound so intense. Because I want to say it and not put condemnation on you, but you all have an appointment you're not going to miss. Does everybody understand that? You will stand before a throne and fire will come out, righteous fire. That's what the first Corinthians 3 says. Every one of you are going to do it. <clears throat> you're going to stand and fire is going to come out and it's going to burn up everything that wasn't him. And it says some will enter as though suffering loss. Mourning, everything's burned up in my life. I wasted my life. And I'll tell you, Wasted life could be full of accomplishments, full of toys, full of applause, and it's still wasted. 
Because that'll make great kindling one day. Kindling, kindling, I'm trying to say the word wood. It's going to burn. It'll burn and burn. Roar and burn. You're like, hey, don't make fun of my job. I'm working hard. That's great. But are you doing it unto the glory of God? Is it causing you to be a lover of God? Because there is a way. The Bible's clear. And I got to be clear with you. If it's going to burn. And I'll tell you, the litmus test of what will burn and what will survive is what was in love for him and what was in love for me. That's it. You don't have to complicate it. You don't have to complicate it. Everybody's trying to go through, how much do I have to do? How much Bible do I have to read? How much do I have to pray? Do I have to be as radical as Matthew? Do I have to grow my, you know. Stop, what are you doing? You're distracted. Put your heart honestly before God and say, God, make me a lover and show me where I'm a fake. Show me where I'm a fraud and a con. You know more than I know. I think I kind of know, pulling it off around people, but would you take the hypocritical mask off of me strike me bare, and then start to transform me from the inside out. That's a good prayer. Yahweh will be sicked on you in a powerful way. It will hurt for a little while, and then you're going to be real happy. It will. It's going to hurt a little bit. When the toys get ripped out of your hands, oh, that hurt my knuckles. I liked holding that toy. He's like, yeah, 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 but it was killing you. It was killing you. I love you. I don't want and so, you're, you're all made for this. You're all made for it. And I wanted to, on January 2nd, make this proclamation because I'm locked in on it for myself and for everybody I disciple and I preach to. This is the primary message. That you will be lovers of God. We'll get to the second like it. I plan to preach on this for quite a while. If you come back next week, I'm probably going to talk on the first and greatest commandment. There's about a thousand dimensions to this thing that will actually empower your heart. And I plan to, we plan to sing the book of Revelation and pray it and plan to go deep in the first commandment. And I'm asking for a miracle in hearts because listen, we don't need more knowledgeable people. We need lovers of God. To change the planet, we need lovers of God. To stand when the Antichrist is deceiving, when the suffering is coming, I'm telling you, it's only lovers that will bear it all and not get offended and not begin to accuse the Lord. It's lovers that will bear anything. And so it should be the primary call and prayer of your life. Amen? I hope this helps you. I've just given you a New Year's resolution. I might call it a new life's resolution. You begin to articulate and use your language. And the Holy Spirit, who's already been up to it, is going to say, I'm so glad you're here now. I'm so glad you've shown up for the main agenda. I never was into making you famous or successful in ministry. I was into you being a lover. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray all across this room by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would set our hearts free. Take the blinders off our eyes, the distracted ADD-ness out of us and let us, would you help focus us like you did the disciples? I pray 2021 come trouble or treasure, come pain or pleasure, I'm asking by the, that we'd be here one year later more radically being lovers of God. Whatever we get done, however much money comes in, you take care of all that. But we, we have progressed and not wasted this year. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would recruit 
through moments like this, those that are here now watching Facebook that will listen later, recruit your church to agree with your main agenda. Do a miracle in our hearts. Lay waste to our idolatry. Set us free from religious spirit behavioral modification and set us loose to be passionate lovers. We love you. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.